0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another edition of lead singer syndrome, a podcast that I host every single week. My name is Shane told welcome. Thank you so much for joining me as I speak to other lead singers about what it's like to be the front man or front woman of a band. in this case, a deathcore band. We've got Phil Bozeman of Whitechapel here on the program. We did this one live on Twitch. It was a good time, man. Phil is awesome. And Whitechapel has a new album coming out on October 29th, right before Halloween. It's called Kin. They just released a single called Lost Boy. It's a banger. Holy Uh, we're going to play that later for y'all, but first I want to thank you all for checking out last week's episode with Oliver Francis. That guy was awesome. And two weeks ago with Jesse Leach of Killswitch Engage, one of the best ones we've done to date, man, Jesse's awesome. If you missed that one, go back, check it out, and go and check out the other 200 and something episodes that I have. They're all pretty good, and uh, yeah, do that. Before we do get to the interview with Phil, I want to remind you all, you can get in touch with me, you can send me an email, I read them all, I try to respond to everybody, some weeks I'm better than others, Syndrome at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, don't worry, the show will always be free every single week. But if you want to support it or you want bonus content, bonus episodes, interaction with me, interaction with an amazing community, my sinners, what's up? Head over to leadsingersyndrome.com slash access and join the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club for as little as six measly dollars a month. That will get you in and it'll keep this shit coming at you week after week. Once again, the link for that is com slash all access. And another reminder, this interview was done live on Twitch. I do them every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I've had some awesome guests, everyone from Jacoby from Papa Roach to Derek from Mayday Parade to Sonny from POD, and the list goes on and on Sven from aborted lead singer syndrome has been going pretty metal lately and i am not mad about it at all so yes be sure to add me on twitch twitch.tv shane told anyway we'll keep the intro short and sweet be sure to check with the all access club and twitch and here it is my conversation with phil from Whitechapel. Phil, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on? How you doing, dude? I'm I'm fantastic. Uh, thanks for thanks for doing this.
1: Absolutely, thank you for having me.
0: I uh, I was gonna like, you know, give you the whole introduction and the whole spiel and like get everyone all pumped that you're here and and you know get people clapping or whatever. Woo, Phil! But uh, but Oliver really wanted to say, say hi, so um, so there he was. Absolutely, appreciate it. Absolutely, I'm here with Phil Bozeman of Whitechapel. What's up, chat? What's up, people on the podcast side of things? How's your day going, man? Uh, not too bad.
1: We just uh, dropped our first single uh, video, yep. music video, and streaming on Spotify and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's been a pretty uh, pretty exciting day.
0: Yes, and I see it there. Lost boy is out now. Uh, it's been out just for a couple hours, but safe to say, you guys are still heavy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i mean we've uh we've definitely we're always going to keep our heavy elements you know um it's just it's the music that we enjoy writing um but you know we also have our uh certain you know like all of us have our own uh influences and stuff that we bring into it and uh we just want to implement as much as we can we want to just be able to write anything we want you know and uh it'd be okay you know because a lot of a lot of bands just get pigeonholed you know and it's just like as soon as they write anything different everybody just just can't accept it or whatever but um you know we're just we're just doing our thing and you know if people come along for a ride i guess that's just the the bonus that we get out of it
0: no totally and yeah you've been doing it a long time and, and oliver francis who was just here a minute ago uh i i have both of you on the show today on the Twitch side of things. He was talking about your, this is exile record yeah. uh, from way back in the day. And you know, you, I, it's just that's your second album. I mean, this is going to be album number uh, nine. Is that right? Eight. 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 Okay. Eight. Yeah. Almost nine. Yeah. And it's true what you say. There are bands, especially in the, let's just call it metal genre where, they, it just like seems like they churn out record after record after record. Like every two years, here's a record. You kind of know what to expect. And I was going to ask you, you this later in the show, but I guess I'll get to it right away. When you put up Mark of the Blade and you know you were doing clean singing and you guys were starting to experiment more with some other sounds, obviously like that changed that trajectory. That made it so people were like, hey, new Whitechapel record out, maybe we don't know exactly what to expect. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you agree with that? And, and was that a conscious decision to, to bring in clean vocals and and, and that side of things? Because that is a big deal, especially for, you know, Deathcore fans.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we've slowly evolved and, um, you know, and that's the thing with like, because uh, with, with me, you know, I really think music is, uh, it's not a product. It's, uh, you know, it's definitely a, an art form and people can either choose to hate it or love it. Um, you know, I feel like artists should definitely make music for themselves first. Um, so we've just kind of slowly moved in, you know, different directions and, you know, experimenting with, uh, our capabilities. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of been like a conscious decision, but also, you know, subconscious, you know, like it's just, we're, we're just kind of organically writing what we think sounds good. And, um, we all just mesh very well together. I mean, we've been the same core five guys, yeah. you know, since, um, you know, we've had, we, the only thing that we've really changed is drummers. You know, we've kind of had some bad yeah. luck with that, <laughs> it um, happens. but, uh, we're good now. And, uh, you know, we have, uh, we have some, you know, exciting things coming up and, uh, you know, we'll hopefully, you know, who knows with what's going on in the world right now, you know, it, it could change next week, but, um, yeah, I mean, we're, uh, just kind of organically moving as, as we see fit and, you know, just excited for the future.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, you talk about other bands, you talk about music being art, and you talk, you know, and and you're referencing a lot of it. What you're referencing is clean singing, and I mean, you sound absolutely amazing on the new single. um, Both styles of vocals, or or all styles of vocals, but especially your clean singing. And you know, you bring up the word capability, and this is something that you're very capable of doing, of pulling off, sounding awesome, doing that stuff. Is this something that you've always had kind of in your back pocket um or something that's kind of you've developed or has kind of come out over the course of the band because from my perspective i'm like shit he should have been doing this the whole time because you sound incredible
1: thank you um well i've you know of course whenever i was a teenager and stuff like driving in my car you know i'd sing and you know by myself you know no one else could hear me um but the band i was in um before white chapel it was uh you know just like a local band that we we played and uh, our singer rest in peace to him he actually passed away uh years back um Mm. it was actually our guitar player ben savage's best friend Mm. and uh they went to school together and everything Um, but he, he was just incredible. Just like, just one of those like natural talents that you're just like, dude, this guy just like, just has it. Um, right. he was in, you know, and like once, once we broke up, um, cause I, you know, he, he started doing like, he he plays piano or he played piano. Um, but, and he just had just an incredible singing voice and, um, I was, uh, since I was playing guitar in the band prior, um, you know, I went, I'd go over to his house and lay down acoustic stuff over his piano playing. And, you know, we just kind of agreed, like, maybe I should do like backup stuff. And, um, you know, that's where it really started to like, you know, people, you know, people told me like, Hey, you actually do sound good. And, you know, I was just like, Oh, I mean you know, I thought I was just more of like a backup guy, but, um, you know, I mean, I can try it. I've never, I, cause doing it in the studio and doing it in your car is two completely different things.
0: <laughs> That's true. In the
1: studio, you hear every single flaw and in your car, you're like, Oh, you know, I'm on key. I sound pretty good. But like, once you put that in like a track that it ha- is just you alone and nothing else, you're just like, Oh, wait a minute. No. So I just, you know, kind of worked on perfecting it and you know, it's ob- its not perfect, but it—it's um, just something that I've always—I've always loved. You know, just you know, singing and uh, you know, screaming is just something that I just kind of you know got from like Slipknot and stuff and listening to that stuff growing up. But I've always wanted to do singing, and you know, it's just—that's the kind of scene- singing I like, just kind of like that dark, somber kind of like emotional and dark.
0: Totally, sound. totally. Well, the new song has a has a bit of a higher register too in there too, you know, um, mm-hmm. not just the low, like some of the, some of the stuff from, um, you know, uh, fr- from the record where you started, uh, Mark of the Blade, that was very like tool, like dark, lower kind of tool influence singing. Whereas now I was like, damn, he's like kind of soaring, um, on this track. So that's, I think, I think you sound, um, I think you sound terrific, but Thank you. you know, it's funny you bring up the studio cause Obviously, like screaming is weird uh, just to begin with, especially when you're in a an environment where, you know, a lot of studios, it's like calm and there's low, dim lights and everyone's just kind of like chilling on couches. And then you got to get in a vocal booth and like be ferocious. <clears throat> to yeah. me, that's kind of awkward. But Oh, absolutely. But singing is also super awkward, especially if you're not, if it's not something that you've done a lot. Cause you know, like you got this microphone in front of you and like in some other room, there's a producer like right there with speakers of your voice and your band's there and everyone can, can hear you so intimately, like every nuance of your voice. What was that like for you when you brought in some of the, that clean elements like that? Was that scary?
1: Yeah. I mean, I won't lie. It's, uh, cause you know, like with screaming, like it's, it's, you know, at this point in my life, it's just second nature, you know, like I just, I don't care to do it in front of record in front of people screaming or anything like that. But, you know, singing is just a whole different animal, man. Like I, you know, like subconsciously, like, cause sometimes there would be a few of the guys in the room and stuff. And I, you know, subconsciously, I'm just like, get the, get out of here. I don't <laughs> want you in here. I want to leave me alone. Um, but, uh, yeah and like you're just sitting there saying okay everyone's judging me they can hear every single flaw they think i suck you know kind of thing and uh yeah i mean it's it's nerve-wracking but at the end of the day you know we're all human we all have our flaws and you know we're not perfect at anything so i mean i just said whatever let's just let's just go let's just do it who cares who's in here? Like we're all in this band together. We're all creating music together. So, you know, I'm going to mess up, whatever, who cares?
0: Yeah. It's especially when you're in a studio and you're singing something, it's almost some, it's almost always something brand new, right? Like you haven't practiced that much, like maybe a little bit, but that, that makes it even harder when you're like, wait, what are the words? Like, what is the melody? I don't know. I'm just, Oh, oh, it's yeah, that's. That's tough. Um, Absolutely, but I but I do uh, I do welcome it and and um, I'm st- I'm stoked, man. Um, your new record, Kin, it's coming out October 29th, uh, a Halloween release. Very metal of you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, what else can people expect from this thing? The first singles out. Are you going to release uh, a couple more before that? Uh, what's kind of the the approach?
1: Yeah, so there are going to be more coming. Uh, there's going to be another one coming pretty soon um so you know this is just the, the first little you know putting your toes in the water uh but you know me personally in my opinion like this is not my favorite song on the record i love the song don't get me mm-hmm. wrong but like i definitely there's there's a lot of stuff on this record that just like i listen back to it and you know i'm not a very egocentric person um but i listen to it, i'm just like, damn. I'm very proud of that. Like, that's awesome. You know, like, that's just great. Cause it, cause we've went from, uh, you know, making the records we did before to, to now. And I'm just like, you know, just to make it to this point and to be doing what we're doing is just like surreal to me. So, um, yeah, I mean we have a lot of content already done, ready to be released. It's just, you know, obviously going to be on a, a, a timeline and stuff. Right. Um, Right, but well, yeah, huh. October 29th.
0: Yeah, how much of how much of that rollout is your decision or the band's decision? How much of it is like Metal Blade? Like you say, oh, it's not my favorite song, but here's the first song people have heard in a while. Uh Like what's the what's the how does that work? Because a lot of people don't really understand. Well, what do you mean it's not your favorite, Phil? Like this should be your favorite if it's coming out first. Yeah,
1: I mean you know, it's, it's not, it's not necessarily that I like other songs more than others. It's just, just the, the, the creative differences in, in the songs. Like I'm just, I've been doing screaming for so long that it's hard to really just do something that just like impresses yourself. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I love what I do and I, you know, I'm, I'm, proud of what I've done, but like, just like this newer stuff has just got my attention more, you know, like we've just been doing it for so long that, you know, doing, cause that's the thing is like, we don't want to write the same album over and over and over again. So, you know, this newer stuff is obviously at first going to be more interesting and more fun, uh, to do because it's just new and challenging, but I still love all of it the same. It's just, you know, this new this other new stuff that we've been doing is just, you know, has got my attention
0: more for sure. Uh, did you work with, um, Mark Lewis again on this record? I know you've done a lot of stuff with him, if not, if not everything.
1: Yeah, we've, uh, we've just got a really good, uh, system with him. Um, we don't even have to leave our hometown to record. Right. Um, uh, and you know, a lot of, a lot of people may not think about that, but that's such a huge deal, you know, when it comes to recording, um, if you're comfortable and you can go home and sleep in your bed every night and get up the next day and go back in, you know, and it's just that's just such a game changer. Because um, I remember, like back when we recorded this as Exile, like looking back on it, like during during the time, it's like we're ha- we, we have the, we're having the time of our lives. and You right. know, it you know may have helped create the record that it did, but looking at how we did it then as me today, I would be like, no way. There's no <laughs> way I'm doing that. Cause like we were staying in a, an extended stay in New Hampshire. Um, cause we did it with Johnny Faye. He used to play in the red court and they're like from like the, the Massachusetts area and like New England area. Right. And, um, yeah, we, it was February. And of course, you know, the part of the country we're in is just snow all the time. Yep. And it was just cold and miserable and, all I can really remember is he had this like little shack a- outside of his house that <laughs> he did all the studio stuff and yeah. it was like the, the chill room and then literally the studio room right like connected together pretty much and like we were in there just playing like Xbox 360, you know, like that was like whenever Xbox 360 was like you know <laughs> the system and we were playing like Bioshock and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just, at the time, obviously we're just like, this is so awesome. But like (laughs) now today as being, you know, a 36 year old man, like, I'm just like, no way in hell. Like I I need to like go home and sleep in my bed and (laughs) recharge.
0: No, totally. Totally. I mean, there's two schools of thought, right? I mean, obviously the one you said for sure, you know, go home, uh, you know, have that comfort of home and, and go back and I'm not a kid anymore, but there's also, the whole idea of, okay, I'm going to leave my home. I'm going to leave like the worries and concerns and like, whether I'm arguing with my partner or whether I have to do my laundry or like, I don't know if you have, if you have kids or anything, but like those responsibilities, those can kind of creep into the mindset of making a record. Mm
1: -hmm. Whereas
0: like, for example, the, the, um, the last Silverstein stuff we did, like we actually went to a place and we stayed there and we didn't mm-hmm. really even have phone service and like I'm 40 and that like that is intense, like to kind of leave things behind. But at the same time, I think that the product ends up being better because you don't have any distractions, mm-hmm. right? So there's kind, of, there's kind of two ways to look at it.
1: Yeah. See, now if I was like married and had kids and stuff, um, that could definitely play a big impact if I was like staying at home while we were, uh, recording. Right. Um, but thankfully, uh, I just have two dogs and it's just me by myself. So, <laughs> uh, go. I'm, uh, I'm lucky in that aspect that, you know, I don't really have like those personal life things to get in the way of what I'm doing, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the, you know, the recording, environment that I've seen a lot of people do like, um, I think Slipknot did that on like their all Hope Is gone album that like from what I remember I'm seeing, it was just like whatever room they were in, just, it looked like it was just isolated. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely a good thing. You know, like that, that was why COVID was almost like a blessing to us. You know, I don't mean that in any sort of like positive way at all. Uh, towards anyone else. Um, yeah. Because obviously it's devastated many, many people. Um, but for us, just as a band, it was almost like good because we didn't have to go on tour. We we had all the time in the world to just get together, write music. And um, we've never been able to do it that way. We've written on the road all the time. Yeah. And it's just been so much easier
0: right well you took you took the question right out of my mouth there about this record coming out october 29th kin it's called this um this album was written during the pandemic from start to finish because you know sometimes you're getting especially this year there's been a lot of bands i've talked to that are like oh no this was like supposed to come out in 2020 but it didn't because you know no one knew it was happening but this is actually a a quarantine album that you wrote under lockdown.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've always had like, we have so much stuff that we just have on like hard drives and stuff from, uh, Ben Savage, uh, Alex, um, and Zach, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they write Well, Ben, Ben definitely. He writes the most. Like he just, he's one of those guys that like, he picks up his guitar every single day and plays it, whether he's recording or not. He just, he's playing his guitar. Um, so he has just so much stuff that has, he's recorded and, you know, just kept and and stuff. But we've had some of the stuff that's been kept on like hard drives in this album, but a majority of it is completely just, you know, during the pandemic during while we, while we've been in quarantine and stuff, it's just, I would say 95% of it is just whenever we got together and we're writing. Right.
0: So lyrically, I mean, um, you're coming off a record, The Valley, which I know is an extremely personal record for you. Um, Also a masterpiece as far as I'm concerned. I think it's an incredible record. And I think for you guys to be able to put out probably your best album as album number seven really speaks to the work that you've done and continue to do. Um, But moving forward with this record and lyrics and all that, and and where you're coming from, from a writing perspective, I mean, obviously there must be some COVID-y lyrics on this thing, Um, (laughs) but also is there an extension of the Valley uh, from what you kind of took away from it? Or did you get that, personal um a lot of that personal stuff out uh through that album
1: you know it's, it's so funny it feels so good to finally be able to like talk about this um because you know people have been asking me like you know what are the lyrics for the new album what are you writing about blah blah, blah. and like you know like you know of course i want to tell them but like i don't want to at the same time because <laughs> you know it's just you know it just it's like ruining a movie you know um so, yeah, I mean, this album is a legitimate, it's after the Valley. It's it's chapter uh. two of, you know, the whole story. So this album is, it's, I'm one of the worst people ever when it comes to explaining things. Um, I know what I mean, <laughs> but conveying it to people in the most simplest terms ever is not the easiest thing for me because, like, I'm over-analytical and... I get in my own head about it and I feel like I'm not explaining it good enough.
0: Um, I totally, I totally know what you mean. There was a kid I went to school with and he was a bit of an odd kid and he, the teacher would ask, ask a question to the class and he would put up his hand and he would say, I know the answer, but I can't explain it. Mm. But I, I believed him. Like I knew he did know it and couldn't explain it. Like he, but he just still felt the need to put his hand up every time. Like to acknowledge, I do know it but i can't explain it and the teacher would go yes okay and then someone would would say the answer so i can totally relate to what um what you mean um uh, especially because your lyrics they're not always so like simple and like mm-hmm. there's a lot of double triple meanings like you can find in the way things are worded and stuff too right that's that like i think isn't can't be easy to explain
1: yeah so basically um, at the end of the the last album it says uh, the devil is alive he will find you and the first song on the new album is I will find you and so it's basically just taking place right after and wow the first lyrics in uh, you know I will i will just reveal this the first lyrics on the new album is the devil is dead and this is where so it's the the first song is mostly it, it's gonna be a dialogue between two people, but the two people are me. So what I'm explaining is it's me coming out of the valley, but my alternate like reality, my alternate reality wakes awakens from the valley and follows me out. So he's coming to to find me and take me back and this is me trying to move on but he's coming to try to drag me back that's the premise of the whole album so like it's uh, me in my teenage years and it's um, it's a non-fictional story or, or it's a fictional story but non-fiction you know what i'm saying like it's yeah i basically for the sake of storytelling um, It's, uh, because obviously that's not, that's not really, it's, it's basically talking about like what I could have been, um, what paths I could have gone down as a teenager. And, um, this is me, uh, explaining what that would have been like, like from my perspective and my other realities perspective, it's basically me on like good and evil.
0: Right. Well, obviously that's something that you've thought about a lot, I guess, right over your Mm -hmm. life. And, and I know, you know, you talked about it quite a bit with the last record and, you know, interviews and stuff with the press cycle about, you know, your, your father passing away and your, your mother having schizophrenia and, and, uh, drug addiction and all that, and how you and your sister had to deal with that. Um, I mean, how has it been with the isolation and the reflection on all this and coming off this album? Uh, have you learned a lot about yourself or, or rediscovered some things that you maybe didn't know were there because I know you've said in the past about interviews that a lot of times you didn't want to think about this shit. Like you kind of pushed a lot of things away.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the younger me definitely did. Um, you know, as I've gotten older, uh, you know, things as as far as like talking about things that happened, um, like it doesn't bother me at all. Um I'm one of those weird people that like my mind is like a steel cage. Like things just don't get to me. Like people, like things don't offend me. I'm very, very, very hard to offend. Um, I don't care what people say about me. Uh, you know, cause it really just doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, as far as that, like I like transitioning to, you know, back in that time, from me today, like it's hard for me to remember things like it's, they're all very vivid memories. Like I, I know what happened and I know what was going on, but like specific things are kind of hard to remember. And I don't know if that's because of the trauma and it's like, maybe like my mind just trying to forget about it. Right. But as far as like talking about it and all that stuff, it, it doesn't bother me. Like I, I can, I feel like this is, with what I do for a living, it's kind of like my duty to talk about it because Mm. the whole point of lyrics is, you know, to relate to people. And, you know, for me, it, it obviously is, it means whatever, what it does to me, but to someone else, they can take those lyrics and be like, reply to their problems in life. So that's kind of like where the, the, uh, the therapeutic side of it comes in, you know, like it's, um, I can sit here and tell it, tell everyone about what happened and, you know, they can take that in and then listen to what I had to say about it and apply it to something in their life that they're dealing with. That's completely different.
0: So, wow. Well, I mean, that's amazing. I mean, honestly, honestly, a lot of people that have been through what you've been through, wouldn't have that, wouldn't have come out like that. So that's a, a true, um, I don't know what to say. I feel like saying congratulations, but that's a really fucking weird yeah, thing to okay. say. I don't have the I don't have the words to say uh, to say about it. But that that's really really is incredible. I mean, you must have so many people coming up to you and saying, "Hey, Phil, like I can really relate to what you've been through because I've I've had a lot of you know trouble with my childhood or my upbringing, or I'm going through it currently." Um, do you feel like a role model in that respect then? Like that you, not to say you, you owe it to people, but like maybe you feel sort of an obligation to help people. Um, and obviously a lot of those people will be your biggest supporters too.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, it's not like my, I, I, you know, like i I definitely don't view myself like on, you know, like a pedestal, like I'm a, I'm here to fix everyone's problems and, you know, like I'm, you know, whatever. Uh, but that's just like the the reward you get back from it. Cause I've had, you know, multiple people tell me, you know, like, Hey, like you've kept me from killing myself or, yeah. you know, kept me from, you know, just going a downward spiral or helped me through horrible times in my life. And, you know, that's not something that I expect to do, but whenever I do it just, you know, it, it feels good, you know, like, and that's between me and them, you know, like that's, it's far, like, I'm not going to be like, Hey, look what I did for this guy. Or, you know, like that's, it's, it's, it, it's between me and that person, you know, that's the, that's where the personal connection comes in. And, uh, I don't need to tell people that that's what I've done, you know, like it's, but it's happened and, you know, it's, doesn't make me any better than anyone else, but, you know, just, just the, the fact that I could contribute to someone like, you know, for someone like that. Um, is just, uh, you know, just my own personal enjoyment, you know, like that, that makes me feel, you know, just positive, makes me feel good. Hell
0: yeah, man. Um, I love that. Well, uh, um, talking about, you know, the new album, and obviously this is an extension of the Valley. This is, uh, you called it after the Valley and another concept album, how does this track that's been released now today Lost Boy, how does that fit into the to the record if you can uh reveal anything there? As far as uh, the story or just like I think I think both the the song and how it kind of maybe fits into the greater story. So yeah. Cuz obviously obviously like the title Lost Boy like that's that's kind of a powerful you know like you can I don't know exactly what it's about but it can it can be a pretty powerful statement, right?
1: so i mean it's basically just talking about me like after everything happened you know like uh just like i'm just lost i'm uh, just like damn like all this shit just happened to me like what the what the hell am i gonna i'm sorry Dick. get yeah, is cursing okay yeah
0: i yeah, have absolutely yes okay okay because i've been kind of holding back <laughs> no, no no I,
1: no no I'm, no you can i'm naturally kind of a a, a potty mouth so shit piss uh, cunk
0: c- whatever yeah. the blink 182 song you can <laughs> You can sing it if you want. Go ahead.
1: Um, I know some, like, Twitch and stuff has some guidelines with that, I think. But um, either way, um, (laughs) yeah, so um, this is basically, this is is the second song on the the album. And um, the the first one's called I Will Find You. That's basically him, uh, my other personality, coming out and, uh, you know, searching for me. Um, Because at the end, like, I don't want to reveal too much of the story, yeah, yeah, um, as uh, pertaining to other songs, um, but he's basically looking for me to to drag me into his reality um, because there's basically two alternate universes, and he's trying to bring me to his. Um, and without me existing, he's eventually going to die. Like he can't he can't survive without me being there. Um, so this is where he finds me. And it's a dialogue between the two. Um, cause like the first, the first lyrics are, um, as I approach the grasslands, I see a golden light and that refers to my grandmother's house. She has a lot of fields around and those are the grasslands. And I would stay up late at night. And of course I'm living with my grandparents. So they go to bed at like 9 PM, you know? So, um, I'm staying up late cause I'm a teenager. You know, it's just what teenagers do. Yeah. So all the lights are off except mine in my bedroom and it's, you know, a yellow light and it just emanates as like a gold light, like in the distance, you know, like you can see the house from a far distance and it's just like, you know, it just looks like a golden light. And, uh, you know, that's basically him just like, I found him. That's where he is. I know that's where he is because I know what he knows. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, basically him trying to find me and he does and he's in my re- he's in my universe, my reality because to me the valley's dead because I've left. It's not it's not there anymore. Um, but uh yeah, he finds me and he's trying to convince me to come back to his reality and stay there with him. Wow.
0: Well, let's unpack in the the record Ken, is out October 29th. I know a lot of people will be picking up the vinyl and reading the lyrics in the liner notes and, or, or trying to decipher the lyrics to put them on the internet and they'll all be wrong. That's, (laughs) that's like the worst part when I'll look back, like, I don't know if you've ever done this. Maybe, maybe you haven't, but once in a while I'll be like, fuck, fuck, what were those lyrics again? So I'll Google them like my own band. And I'll be like, that's definitely not right. Oh yeah. Trust me. There's been times
1: where we, we, uh, we did a tour where we were playing like older songs and songs we never played before. And I literally had to look them up again. Cause I was just like, what, what? Sure. But like, we, we like even like possession is like one of our like most popular, like older tracks. And like, we played it so many times, but we went so long without playing it that I was just like, wait, is that what I said there? <laughs> and then like, you know, but once it's like getting on a bike, you know, like you were riding a bike, you know, once you, Dabble right back into it. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Now. Right. But yeah, I get like, you know, if if somebody was like recite the lyrics to this song from your third album, I'd probably like have to think.
0: Oh yeah, no, no, it, it happens to to me all the time. Like especially with with COVID and and us being off for so long, we've done a couple like live streams and whatever, and I'll I'll kind of like, you know, maybe I'll be singing a chorus and like the second verse is about to start, and I'll be like, fuck. I don't think I know what these lyrics are. And then, yeah. um, and then like, not even like I'd say a millisecond before, but not even it'll start. And I'll be like, fuck, I don't know what I'm going to, and then you just do it and it's just back. And you just like yeah. perfectly exactly the same as it always was. It's really weird. And and that happened with, we did some read, you know, um, we call them redux, but we re-recorded some old songs and it was the mm-hmm. same thing. Like, fuck, what did I say here? Google the lyrics. Can't find it. And the producer's like, just sing it. And I sang it and I just, it just came back. It's like, yeah. oh, that's what I sang. It's like a weird muscle memory thing that happens. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. And then, yeah. When you look them up or, you know, and it's, it's, it's so funny too because like I'll see like, uh, you know, no hate or anything, but it's just, it's just kind of funny. Like kids will, uh, you know, post like a picture or something and then they, they use like your lyrics and it's just like, Oh my God. And you're like, cause the, 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 the writer, the lyricist inside of you goes, that's so wrong. I want to correct you, <laughs> but you know, I'm not going to, you know, just let them live their life. They, you know, they're not doing anything wrong. They're just, you know, but the lyricist inside me is like, I need to correct this right now. Cause he's wrong. That's not what I said.
0: <laughs> Have you ever had a, a misspelt tattoo, like lyric tattoo?
1: No. Um, <laughs> Thankfully, because I would feel responsible for it, <laughs> and I would not want that on me. You know, like uh,
0: <laughs>
1: if only you saying uh,
0: that a little bit more uh, uh, yeah. clear, clearly, then maybe this wouldn't have happened.
1: Yeah, like did we have a typo in the in the booklet or something? Like,
0: <laughs> oh no, that's that's funny. No, it it that's the thing. Like, it's not like the lyrics are this big fucking secret. Like. You can; they're available in the CD or in the vinyl. Like, just mm-hmm. go take them and copy that out. Instead, people, I guess, they don't have the CD or the vinyl, so they just make it up what they think it sounds like, and then that shit spreads like a fucking virus through all the lyric mm-hmm. websites. Because I don't understand; it's not a secret, you know. Yeah, just it's it's available. So just, but it, but it used
1: to be though. Like, remember, like back in like the nineties, like dude, I I've listened to Pantera. And, like, they never had, like, from what I remember, they never had the lyrics in their book. Mm. Them and, mm. like, like other bands like that, like, uh, I know another one, like Tool, they never had theirs in there. Mm. And I'd be, like, listening, there'd be, like, a part where I just, like, can't quite decipher what he's saying. And I'm like, looking and just, like, what is he saying there? And, you know, like, our I- internet back then is, like, right not that great. Yeah. And, like, but nowadays, it's, like, the lyrics are in the book You know, you can find them anywhere. You can find anything now on the internet. Um,
0: It's true. Well, you know, the one that I remember is Nirvana, Nevermind. Because that's the first, uh, the first C I ever bought was Nirvana, Nevermind. Uh, I'm old. And like when it came out (laughs) and it's the same thing. They had, they didn't have all the lyrics. They had like just some of the cool lines. Like Mm -hmm. they had just some of the lyrics, which I actually think is like pretty cool artistically. But but to this day, like I think... I forget what it was. I was reading some Nirvana lyrics or someone was quoting it. And I was like, it's, that's what it is. Really? I I always like my whole life. I thought it was this other lyric. So you're right. You're right. In the nineties, that was the case. Like people would do cool stuff or it would be like handwritten and stuff would be like, like scratched out. And, but it wasn't like right or whatever. But It's almost cooler
1: that way. It's just like, everything's just so digital now. And like, you know, we're, we're guilty of that. You know I mean? It's, things are just easier and, you know, like, especially in a band too, like you're going to do the most, you know, especially during these times, I mean, you want to try to do the most cost effective thing because, you know, we're not touring. We're not, you know, thankfully, you know, like people like you and me have done it long enough to where, you know, we've been able to sustain right? and, uh, right. you know, do, do our thing. But um, yeah, I mean, just like, I just think one of the best, eras for music was the 90s god it was just so good um yeah i love i love the, the new era don't get me wrong but like it's just nostalgic for me you know like i uh, i've told fans you know before like it, it really goes to show like how like the, the generation i came from compared to like the you know like the younger fans they'll be like yeah so like what was like the first cd you bought it well, was like well first of all it wasn't a cd um it was a cassette tape sure and, uh, cause I, I got the, uh, I was trying to get let my, I was trying to convince my mom to let me get one of the cannibal corpse, uh, cassette tapes, um, from, uh, you know, a CD store. Those, you know, obviously, obviously don't exist anymore. Yeah. Uh, but because you know, CDs and tapes, you know, like you had to basically choose which one because CDs were obviously going to be more expensive and the tapes are like the cheaper version. And, uh, you know, I was trying to get the. Cannibal Corpse cassette tape and, you know, of course she wouldn't let me get it. And I couldn't buy it myself because back then they actually were like, how old are you? You yeah. can't buy this, but yeah. now you can do anything. You can be six years old and go in there and <laughs> buy a, a porno magazine or something.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Um, you just reminded me of the, of, of a story I have and, and shout out to Metal Blade who was here in the uh, Twitch chat. But, uh, I remember I bought the first Cannibal Corpse it was a CD that I bought was uh tomb of the mutilated.
1: That's the one I was trying yeah. to buy.
0: Yeah. Uh, sick, such a sick, uh, sick cover on that one. So I, I bought the, um, I bought it and I, you know, was excited and I took it home and I opened the CD case and the CD was the eaten back to life CD. So the oh, wrong, it was like the wrong CD was in it. So I, I mean, I, I was like, well, I'm going to listen to it anyway. And it's, you know, uh skull full of maggots, I think is on that, that yeah. CD and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fuck, like, I really want to hear like, you know, hammer smashed face and, yeah. and uh, I won't recite all the other uh, song titles. Cause that's probably violate some Twitch um, uh, <laughs> protocol. But, but I, so I emailed metal blade and this is like in the, probably in the nineties, like late nineties mm-hmm. and metal blade was super cool about it. And they sent me, uh, they sent me, I think, the Tomb of the Mutilated record um, and maybe even Eating Back to Life and then a bunch of like stickers and shit. And I was like, fuck mm-hmm. yeah, Metal Blade's a sick label. And then I bought every single Cannibal Corpse record from then until now. And I think I have them all and they're one of my favorite bands. So, um, oh, yeah. so there you go. You had go. George
1: on here yeah, not too long ago, didn't yeah, you? Yeah,
0: dude, that was a bucket list guest for me. And he was, he was great. Man. Dude, he's
1: literally the complete opposite of what you think he's going to be yeah he's so nice just just happy-go-lucky dude like he's i mean don't get me wrong he's one of the scariest people ever (laughs) especially when he's up on stage and he's huge yeah you know he's tall and got the neck the size of my waist but um yeah he's he's just like he's the most likable person ever
0: what's your favorite Cannibal Corpse album? If I can put you on the spot. Um,
1: well, God, yeah. I mean, it's probably going to be Tomb of the Mutilated or maybe, maybe Vile whenever George oh, yeah. first came in. Yeah. Um, because when George first came in, you know, of course he's, he's filling a bigger role, you know, replacing Chris Barnes. Um, sure. But, His voice just like immediately, you're just like, oh my God, this guy sounds so much more, you know, no hate towards Chris, but like his just, he's just got a delivery and you're just like, God, he just sounds like mad.
0: Oh yeah. Especially when he, when he brought in like the screaming, like the high shit, like, um, like I think the, the record and I remember Vile, but I, I think my favorite cannibal record is Bloodthirst. And, uh, oh, that's I think, uh, the first song pounded into dust and he's like pounded into dust. I was yeah. like, oh fuck. Like when I heard that song, I was like, oh my God, like this. Yeah. I know again, no offense to Chris and he paved the way for so much in extreme metal, but that song I was like, oh my God, this is like, this might be the best, uh, you know, the best metal record I ever heard and that was when cannibal started like using seven string guitars mm-hmm. and like tuning yeah, lower tuning like lower. not that many bands yep. were doing that yet and that was uh yeah one of my favorite bands glad you brought the
1: that's the song that has uh the instrumental on it doesn't it that's Has the, an instrumental on that uh, album yeah,
0: yeah yeah it does uh wait liquid um yeah yeah I, yeah liquid
1: so, it's like liquid something with a liquid something yeah, yeah I,
0: I know the song you're talking about i think it is that record but again, yeah. it gets, I start to get a mixed up cause it's from skin to liquid. Thank you. Metal blade. Yeah. Um, from skin to liquid. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, what a, what a band, what a career. Yeah. Band.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're like, they're pretty much the standard when it comes to just death metal. Like they, you know, you have, you have all kinds of bands that came from that era, but like, they are just like the standard in my opinion, um, because, like, I mean, dude, they were on Ace Ventura. Yeah. Like, that's how I heard of them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of people. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like, I, I, cause, you know, I listened to like Metallica and stuff like that. But I saw that movie and then I saw that band. I was just like, oh my God, what kind of music is this? This is sick. This is so cool. <laughs> like, like, it's scary, but like, it's so awesome. Like, I just, like, I would. Watch that movie just to go to that part and rewind <laughs> it, because because Alex Webster's hair back then was just so big and like like blonde and like him headbanging. It just looks. I don't know. I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, man. And yeah, it's just those days are just like just golden days. Well, you just can't recreate those.
0: Speaking of the golden days, what about the golden days of deathcore? Uh, obviously you guys were labeled this earlier in your career. And, and at the time I was like, I don't know what's deathcore. I, I like, this is a scene, this is a movement. This is something that's sort of, it started to get a little bit, uh, I don't know, like jokey kind of like, it, like mm-hmm. in, in a way that I didn't like. Cause you know, I love death metal and I love hardcore. And mm-hmm. we're going to put them together and it's going to turn into a joke. Like, how does this work? You know? So you guys kind of, you guys have obviously branched out from it, but I feel like, you know, and if some people have said, this is the year of deathcore. there's so many great deathcore bands either getting back together or forming. And, you know, obviously you guys are kind of the, the, one of the forefathers. Uh, what, what's your relationship with the genre or do you really not even think about it that much?
1: Um, I mean, you know, that's, it's part of where we came from, you know, like we're always gonna, you know, accept that and whatnot, but it's, uh, I'm kind of one of those people that like, I don't really like when it comes to genres, I'm a very minimalistic person. Um, I just call something metal or, um, death metal or, uh, -hmm. hardcore, metal metal core i don't know
0: yeah black, uh, black metal like, like like the things that are obvious like you hear something yeah. you're like that's death metal you hear something it's like that's black metal but then you have all these like in between things and it's like i don't know anymore you know yeah
1: it just it just gets too much for me too confusing um and it, at the end of the day you know in simple terms it's just music and you know you can either enjoy it or not um but well, you know, if that's what people want to call us, if that's what they recognize us as, then, you know, sure. You know, if that's if that's the way you recognize it, whatever, you know, just recreate music. And if you like it, that's great. You know, you can hate it too, whatever you want to do. Um, but I'm definitely not a genre, like crazy genre person. Like I don't you know, like math core death metal, you know, like I just. I don't really dive into that stuff, but people like knowing us for that, like, sure, whatever. Um, but I definitely feel that later on in our career, we've, uh, kind of just become metal, I guess, just, just metal. Um, but if people still want to call us deathcore, then it is what it is.
0: It is. It is what it is. No, I mean I know, I, and I I had a few people uh, wanting me to ask you kind of about that, which is why I brought up the question, and uh, I appreciate your answer, Phil. So um, yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I mean if It you know it, I don't I don't care. It's not gonna. It doesn't
1: doesn't um, affect me either either way. Um, we're just gonna make music and people like it.
0: And, awesome. and I, I like that I can literally say anything to you and I can't offend you because that's what you said earlier. So I'm not oh, going to yeah. try because I'm not an asshole, but I, uh, but I do like that I can ask you anything and it'll be okay. Oh yeah,
1: you so. can you can ask me literally anything.
0: So are you still streaming a lot on uh, Twitch? I know you were kind of, you've been doing it a long time. You're not a guy that just got into it during the pandemic like I did. Uh, is it still Philly, Philly Bo? Is that still the handle? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh- I, I have like a, a weird relationship with streaming. Uh, <laughs> like, cause there's times where I'm just like, oh, I'm having a good time. And other times I'm just like, ah, I don't feel like it. Uh, I just want to fucking not do anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, uh, you know, if I stream, it's either going to be some, something special. Like, uh, you know, I like got one time I streamed. Uh, I don't know if you know who Shadow of Intent is. Of course. Uh, ben Dewar. I think my, per- my personal opinion, I think as far as the next generation of vocalists, he's the best. That's just my opinion. But, um, a as as heavy, extreme vocalist. Um, yeah, but yeah, I had him on and, you know, I streamed him, you know, we, we just had a conversation. We just talked, you know, just kind of like a little podcast thing. Um, but for the most part, I just, uh, I play phasmophobia a lot lately. I don't know if you've ever played that. It's like I have not a ghost hunting game. It's, terrifying <laughs> and you know it's obviously just fun to watch people walk through a house and get the shit scared, scared out of them and you know just see reactions you know just just internet things you know it's uh but yeah i mean i just have like a weird back and forth with it like i'm just like yeah this is fun and i'm just like ah, do i really feel like doing it and i don't know it's one of those i just have a hard time deciding if that's something that I really love to do, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. I totally understand that. Well, people can follow you on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Philly Uh, what else to tell the people? Phil, thanks for doing this man. And the new record again, Kin is out October 29th on metal blade records. What else to tell yeah. the people? Anything?
1: Um, you know, we do have, uh, tours that are planned, but you know, again, who knows? Um, yeah, you know the you know the world could blow up tomorrow, but uh, knock on wood. Um, but yeah, I mean we have some tours scheduled, uh, mainly starting next year. We have our Christmas show that we're planning on doing. Um, nice. uh
0: Of course, I forgot, but it's December eighteenth. I think maybe it's on a Saturday. I'm going to pull it and up like- right now. It's the seventeenth. Knoxville, ah, so Knoxville, Tennessee, the mill and mine tickets, uh, and even VIP tickets potentially, uh, mm-hmm. available on sale over at whitechapelband.com. So yes, September,
1: um, or September, December 17th.
0: Have you announced any other tours like for next year? Is, is anything coming? Are you still waiting to see what's, uh, what's going on with that? Obviously you guys are known to be a live band.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we have one, like planned and, you know, scheduled, but, um, just, we haven't announced it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's supposed to be in, uh, about February. Um, and, uh, hopefully it happens and, you know, maybe, maybe COVID will just disappear sometime <laughs> in the next two months. Probably not, but maybe, yes, this is, the, this is the most confusing time I've ever lived in. So yes, no, um, no,
0: I think, I think Trump said that when the warm weather comes, it's just going to go away. I think that that was one thing that he said. Yeah, so. Yeah, and that um, did not happen. (laughs) No, it didn't. But yes, you can uh, pre-order Kin right now. Uh, Some fucking sick shit over there. Sick vinyl uh, over at MetalBlade.com slash Whitechapel. You can get all the swag and all the good stuff uh, and pre-order the record. I'm very,
1: very, I
0: love how like the new
1: vinyls and just artwork and just color scheme of everything looks like that. Our, our guitar player, Ben Savage and his wife are just like very, very like creative artists. And, um, they, uh, it's actually too. If you turn the album upside down, there's a, there's a devil in it. (laughs) And that's basically me, me and myself and the devil in between us. I
0: can't turn my screen upside down. So I'm trying to, to to see if I could see it. But, uh, uh, that's, that's very sick. No. And the, every time you bring up, every time you say Ben Savage, I know he's your, he's your guy, but you always like, he, he's a first name, last name guy. Like you always call him Ben Savage. Cause you always say Ben hmm. Savage. Wait, we just call him Savage. Okay. Because there's a, uh, obviously a very famous actor called Ben Savage and I cannot stop thinking of the wonder years every time you, uh, uh, or princess bride, every time you, uh, you say Ben Savage, I think of that guy in that guy's face or, or moly, 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 you know, that mm-hmm.
1: guy. Yeah. Like but, it, it's just, uh, I mean, he's one of the most creative people I've ever met in my life. Um, he's just a very, there's just no one like him. Like he's, he's, uh, and I mean, and his wife, I mean, they were like, you know, that's, That's why they're married and they've been married for, I think, almost 10 years now. So, yeah, I mean, they're just perfect fit for each other and they just, uh, yeah, there's free spirits, man.
0: Right. Just deep thinkers. Right. Oh, I mixed. It's Fred Savage is the guy I'm thinking of. It's Fred Savage is the wonder years. Ben Savage is his brother. I'll be okay. Mm Mm-hmm. All these savages. That's no, all right. It's all right. It's all right. So luckily, he's he doesn't. His name is not Fred, or that would be very confusing. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Phil, uh, thank you so much for all of this, man. Um, I'll let you get back to your day, but uh, thank you, and I can't yeah, wait to course. hear this record and and hear all the you know all the stuff you explained. And it seems like this is going to be another awesome step for you guys, and and congratulations.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it very much, and thanks for having me.
0: Of course, there's Phil, everybody. Say bye, Phil. Bye, Phil. (laughs) See you later. Peace. So there it is with Phil. That guy is so awesome. I want to thank him so much for coming on and hanging out with me. And as I said, we did this live on Twitch. So make sure you follow me, twitch.tv slash told, because you can come on and interact with me. And the guests, and it's a good time. Just about every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I am on there. And don't sleep on the new noise, 6 p.m. Wednesdays with Mike Howell. We're gonna be back next week with another new episode. So whatever you're listening to this on to, just subscribe, okay? Hit the subscribe button. It's a good time. Follow us on Spotify. I think that's a thing. Tell a friend, tell a loved one, write a review on iTunes. Whatever you can do to help spread the word on this thing would really, really mean a lot to me. As I mentioned in the intro, Whitechapel has a new album, Kin, coming out October 29th, just a few short weeks away. They've released this banger of a single I'm going to leave you with it. It's called Lost Boy. Here it is on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. See you next time.